0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. Before we start the show, I just wanted to let you know that SteelMaceNation.com has the $99 Steel Mace Workshop. This is a comprehensive workshop to learn the Steel Mace basics. And once you own it, it's yours forever. So you could go back and use it over and over again as a reference. And also, if you're into workout programs... I also have the 21-Day Steel Mace Challenge. Not to be confused with the 10,000 Swing Steel Mace Challenge, which is actually free. And you could just go do that on your own. You got to read the article, though. But I'm talking about a workout program that you download for $19.99. It's called the 21-Day Steel Mace Challenge. And guess what? You don't always have to use a steel mace. You might not have a steel mace. You might just have dumbbells or you just have body weight. The workout program is designed with that in mind, to use what you have at, on hand. I don't really say this enough about the program, and people don't know that, so I'm trying to make a point of letting people know that this is a good workout program to have on your phone in case you're on vacation or something like that, or if you're just starting out and you don't know what you want to do. Besides the actual three-week workout program that's in there, there's also a diet plan it's very simple it's revolves around smoothies it's what i use to get into what i call my fighting shape my fighting weight if you will you know i i want to lean out a little bit i start following this exact program uh it, it's pretty simple just eat healthy and then drink these smoothies there's recipes in there they're delicious um i've been drinking these smoothies for decades now And, um, you know, they're great for people who are on the go and everything. You know, you can just fill up your shaker cup or your blender container and take them with you. And um, you follow that and you'll lose weight and you'll keep your muscle and you'll be able to train hard. And also, besides that, there's also mindset tips in there. How to, like, really focus yourself. It's the stuff that I've learned to do over the years uh, as a firefighter. And as a coach, you know, sometimes you just need uh, tips or tricks, if you will. How do you focus yourself so you can get stuff done? I'm really proud of the 21-day Steel Mace Challenge, and I know you're going to enjoy it. So jump on that. And then also, please don't forget my favorite Steel Mace provider, ADEX Clubs and Mace. Go to AdexClub.com. And check out what they have. You got the steel clubs. You got the the steel maces. But then there's this in-between one. It's it's not a club. It's not a mace. It's a little longer than a club, a little shorter than a mace. It's my favorite piece of equipment. I'm not shy about telling people that. It's so unique. They have fat handle. They have the skinny handle. Pretty soon, they're going to be coming out with the even fatter handle. Uh, there's add-on kits. There's little one and a quarter-pound weights that you could go up in just increments. There's also two-and-a-half-pound weights, five-pound weights. There's uh, weights that are like a cup, and they slide over the top, and then you thread it on. That way the the mace or the club doesn't keep getting longer. It actually just expands outward. Let me tell you, ADEX Club is state-of-the-art technology. When you get one in your hands, you'll see what I mean They're worth the purchase. They're going to last you your lifetime, and then some you'll be able to hand them down to your kids and your grandkids, and they'll survive a nuclear war. Check out addictsclub.com, and let's get to the podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Fred with the Steel Mace Nation, and today my guest is Rob Lewis from California, and he runs Anacuma Mace in in California, which I think is a region of California, right?
1: And Los Osos, California is where I'm at, so central coast.
0: All right, and you got that Big Bad Bear as your logo, which indicates strength and that you like to eat berries and salmon. (laughs)
1: So. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, the, the Onikuma is an old Japanese legend of a, of a demon bear that walked upright on two hind legs, and I think they actually ate horses and whatnot, but I'm not really <laughs> a fan of horse meat, so.
0: All right, but you do kind of resemble a, a bear. You're a bigger dude who, from the last I checked, I believe you were swinging 70 pounds.
1: Yeah. The the heaviest I've ever swung, I think was about 81 pounds, Mm -hmm. but but normally somewhere in the realm of 50 to 60 is where I like to hang out, but I've done plenty in 70 range as well.
0: Yeah. Which is, you know, substantial weight. And yet you live to tell about it. You still have your shoulders. You can see your shoulders. They're still there.
1: Still work. Yeah, they yeah. didn't
0: blow up. They didn't fragmentate into a million pieces yeah. like
1: all the naysayers out there, they think. That's right. That's right. Right. You get that a lot, right? You get people, hey, isn't that bad for your shoulders? For sure. That's. I think that's everyone's first instinct is like, why would you do that to your body? Your shoulders and your elbows have got to be shot, you know? Right. And what do you tell them? my shoulders are just fine. I've had seasoned mace swingers ask me, like, why? Like, how are your shoulders still okay? You know, I swing 30 pounds regularly. I couldn't imagine swinging more than, like, 40 pounds, let alone where we're swinging these days, you know? See,
0: that's crazy right there. A seasoned mace swinger swinging about 30 pounds questions the weight you're swinging. Not, not to knock anybody. It's a substantial amount of weight. I mean, I, I certainly can't go that heavy. Um, But I plan to, because I believe I see you doing it. Now I know I can do it. Uh, But we need to to train up to it. We need to understand how our bodies work. And I was just coaching somebody yesterday at the firehouse. And I realized I was going into some advanced territory that's very hard to explain. What a a particular one-arm movement. Wouldn't you agree that there's levels to this stuff that people just need to... They just need to start at level one and they need to kind of, it's like a self-discovery process. Like, oh, you mean if I kind of do this with my elbow, that's what enables me to do that. And
1: it's hard to explain that stuff, right? One hundred percent. I mean, I come from a jujitsu background. I run a jujitsu studio and I mean, everything is based off of position, posture, you know, trusting the process. Everyone wants to do the flying fancy techniques right away. And I think it's the same when you go to a mace or any like rotational strength training, uh, people automatically, they're like, well, if I could bench 200, why would I want to swing a 10 pound mace around? Yeah. Like, well, your elbows and your shoulders will thank you by, as people much more uh, talented than I have told me many times, sneak up on the heavyweights. You don't jump right into it because that's where you're going to get the damage. And you've got to perfect the technique. You've got to understand how it moves. You know, when uh, training with Rick Brown, he always has these wonderful little physical cues on, okay, well, the elbow's pointing this way. My my hands hit my hips. And, and it, it's got to be on point before you even think of swinging those heavier weights or else you're going to pay the price and not be swinging anything ultimately.
0: Yeah. You won't be doing much after that. No. So this is, this is good. This is what we're going to be talking about today, folks. Uh, Rob is going to share with us some of his training tips. And this is something I'm really excited to get into with this podcast. And there's going to be more of this coming along. I'm going to be going in depth with coaches uh, to get this knowledge because look, we can't just hop into a teleporter and show up over at Rob's place of practice in California, but we can certainly hear what he has to say. And um, before we get to that, i really excited to just hear about your equipment if you're not watching on youtube and you're on uh, audio right now rob's all his stuff is lined up behind him very beautifully i see something with nails sticking out of it i think that's his bare back scratcher right yeah it's over there Um, those deep itches yeah (laughs) right you gotta get the ticks out of you somehow so you got that, but you have tons of other stuff. So we're going to quickly go through that. Then we'll get to the training t- tips after that. But before we even start that, Rob, tell everybody how they can come and train with you and what you offer, your location and your contact.
1: Yeah, I teach out of my jujitsu studio as well as out of my house. I'm currently in my garage right now where the bulk of my equipment is, just mainly because I don't want it stolen out of my studio or anything. But uh, I I live in Los Osos, California. My, my house and my... Uh, Jiu Jitsu studio are here that's near San Luis Obispo Morro Bay area so it's pretty much smack dab in the middle between LA and San Francisco right on the coast here, and I do uh, I prefer in class uh, in person class instruction i'm a hands on type of person, I wouldn't. Uh, uh, be opposed to doing online training or classes via zoom if someone's looking for some tips and instructions, but I definitely always prefer to be in person whenever possible. All right, so
0: yeah, if somebody's looking to do that online with you, they could DM you on your uh, Instagram. Exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah. All right, I, So they uh, can find Onikuma. you at
0: Onakuma underscore Mace. Just look up Onakuma Mace. O n i k u m a, Mace. Yeah. And um, and and also real quick, uh, so since you do jujitsu and you're you're training Mace and Jury and clubs with your jujitsu students, how do do they like it? How did the the two modalities come together?
1: Well, it's funny, it's one of those things, uh, if I can step back for a second, how I discovered it, I actually had a white belt student of mine uh, probably about six years ago now that trained in mace and kettlebells and was like, I know you've heard of kettlebells, but uh, I've got this mace and I think it'd be great for you because he knew I had shoulder issues being a grappler. Uh, I've had long time shoulder issues with both and have had impingement syndrome where a couple times throughout the year, it's something hits and you can't even raise your arms above your shoulders. You know, they just kind of give out. And, uh, and so he started training me on the, on the mace. And since that time, I haven't had any shoulder issues at all. It's all but solved everything. And uh, learning more and more about the mace, I studied under Ernest and that led me to Rick Brown, who I went and trained with and got certified by. And it was just like, oh my gosh, the mace is everything. You know, it's such a beautiful training tool. I get bored by standard barbells and dumbbells. And the rotational training was so dependent on posture and position and technique that I just fell in love with it. And then as I started to study the history of it, I came across, you know, okay, well the mace, there's different versions of it from different cultures, but from the Indian, you know, the mace tends to be called coming from the gada, the gada, you know, uh, and that's from a wrestling culture. So being a grappler, uh, I just, I was like, wait, what? Like the the mace comes from grapplers? Like, let's do this. And so I started through uh, Rick Brown, uh, started watching uh, Pratchee Singh, and, started looking at all the tools he made and then that's when I just started you know falling in love with all this stuff back here I started uh I bought a lighter pair of joris and started swinging those and that rotational strength training was just really I mean it helped my mace my mace helped the jory, and then I fell in love with the the mugdar the samtola the the nail jory, the stone knoll all that stuff and Uh, knowing that it really comes from a strong wrestling like grappling background being a grappler myself I was just like this is a a match made in heaven so when I'm telling my students this stuff it's like hey this is this is roots you know we're, we're training this stuff isn't like hey you should also do this because I think this is uh cool stuff it's like well this is born of grapplers who are trying to avoid shoulder problems, joint issues like strengthening the back, strengthening the core while in motion rather than, I mean, I've always used the analogy of, if you get a guy who can bench press 300 pounds, he's really strong in that one linear path. And that's it. The moment you just tip that arm off axis, he's weak. Mm -hmm. So that rotational strength builds up stability and is going to allow you to train longer and much later in life. You know, I'm, I'm knocking on the door 50 years old myself and my body uh, definitely feels that. But I, I'm the strongest I've ever been. My joints feel stable and healthy and it's only getting better from here. So yeah, that's interesting
0: that you mentioned uh, the, uh, the bench pressing. And, sh- and you mentioned shoulder impingements earlier and how you had that kind of going on. So I'm picturing with your uh, jiu-jitsu work, you're on the bottom, you're pushing a guy off you a lot, right? You're pushing. You're, it's almost like you're doing a bench press, right? but you're always not in an optimal position. Like a bench press, it's like everything's perfect. Your elbows are, are pulled in, or you should be bending the bar, but not when you're fighting somebody. Fighting somebody, you're just doing whatever you got to do. So it might be easy to, to get those impingements. And the one way you can cure impingement problems with bench pressers is by working on their upper back muscles, getting them to squeeze those back muscles together and and build that shelf. And then that protects the shoulders. So isn't that interesting that there's a little bit of a definitely (laughs) parlay there. Okay. That's (laughs) really cool. So Rob, let's let's look at some of your stuff. I see you do have the adjustable add mace i always talk about the addicts uh, on the podcast
1: yeah, i'm pretty proud of my add collection for sure i've got yeah uh, i've got a uh, all they have the club the arc and the regular mace and i have a i have a couple of custom pieces too that are in between and extra long so the super long one which i call the brave heart and then the, the in between or in between the mace and the arc so uh plus i've got all the add-on kits and the the Rhino, i got two rhinos and one of the prototype mastodon kits as well so oh my god yeah so you
0: are right in the pocket with with uh the innovative maze technology coming out of the
1: attics Um yeah, attics and don i mean they're just great I mean, you it's ever talked to
0: don on the phone
1: yeah <laughs> yes i have
0: i'm not making fun of you don okay <laughs> but how long are you on the phone with him for when you talk to him <laughs>
1: Well, he he's an excitable guy. Like I love his passion, and we're just talking about something basic, and he's just really just pouring it on. And I I, I love talking with him. So <laughs> I just
0: had the uh, the, you know, uh, I went to Florida to visit him and Frank DeMayo over at Macefit. I had them both together with me, and we were it was it was great. We were making jokes, making fun of each other, training. <laughs> great, great guys to be around. Don is a lot of fun. He drove three and a half hours up just to, to basically have lunch with me and swing a club or two. And that was it. And then he had to go back to work. I mean, that's a, that's a top-notch guy right there. Okay. So yeah, there's all your addicts. And
1: so then- this is my, my Indian club collection. So I'm starting with the, the lighter weight jorries. There's three pairs of jorries here getting heavier. These are like a 20 pound pair this is a 40 pound and a 60 pound pair. Then we get to the the fat-bodied one. That's the big mugdar right here. That thing's a, a 46 pound beast. That's that's really interesting to me because you have this heavier, thicker base. You know, normally a mace we have all the weight is at the end, and so even when you're swinging something like I don't know if you can see it, like the uh, the hydro mace over here that's got like a 12 inch globe on the bottom even that it's like okay i, I know it needs to clear my calves but this thing is so wide that it, you have to clear it up top yeah so it, it makes a it's like swinging a log you know a real thick log just with the little handle and so it, it really spreads those shoulders back a bit more and you have to clear it and that's what honestly opens the gate for the the nail jory so uh, and if you don't know, I mean, a lot of times people are like, why the hell would you want to swing nail jory? You know, what, what's the point of that? And uh, the the basis of it is that, you know, you're swinging the jewelry and usually it's like moving meditation anyways, whether it's mace, club, jewelry, whatever it is. Uh, so it's, you have to be in the moment, focused on your technique or else those little nails are going to let you know, like your technique sucks. You know, <laughs> it's yeah. going to yeah. It's going to be more than scratch your itch. So oh, definitely. Yeah.
0: It's going to be like, okay, let's go get some stitches. And then I got to explain to the doctor what I was doing and he's going to be totally. like, what the hell are you doing that for? Yeah, But you're nice. right. That element of danger is needed. Look, I mean, look at, um, boxing where, you know, it's a big title weight, um, a heavyweight bout and, and, um, everything's on the line. I mean, you know, that's when you see athletes operating at the highest level or, you know, fighting, having a street fight with somebody, right? You're a jujitsu practitioner and you get into a street fight with somebody, you're protecting your girlfriend. That's, you know, your best technique right there probably because you're so focused because the danger, the, the pressure is on. So if, you, uh, if you're if you a little squeamish about swinging nails behind you, yeah, I guess don't do it. You don't have to, but... It's definitely, definitely not a
1: requirement for people, yeah.
0: Right, right. it's not a requirement, but it, I'm sure it makes you a better practitioner across the board right
1: really does I, like i said it forces you to be in the moment i there's only one time so far uh that i've actually scratched my back and it was just a little tiny nick and i remember like cuz i always swing them outside in in my front yard and there was a so, like a crow or something just flew by and it just caught my eye and turned my head and it was just like boom, oh shit <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> you'll never forget that exactly so when you have those in your hands it is I mean your attention is 100% right, right. there
0: <laughs> now swinging a jury is not exactly the same as a person would swing a mace or even a club
1: there's uh, crossover techniques for sure uh, I know like the jury is tends to be like if you've ever seen the the got a version the jory swing where the the mace goes behind the head rather than over the head yeah that's that's the basis of the the jory swing so it's all dropping back here and you can still come over the top you know whether it's mugdar it's whether it's the the jory whatever it is uh there's crossover technique but i guarantee you if you're a mace swinger you've already got uh, a couple of things, you've already got uh, a couple steps ahead. You're familiar with that rotational strength training swing, but holding two long things, like if you've never taken two 10-pound maces and swung them here. And the first time I had jories in my hands, I was like, oh, these aren't that heavy. And then you swing one while trying to maintain the upright position of the other one, it's like all of a sudden this stability comes into play and it it really wakes you up fast. And just being able to hold and maintain that balance is like, oh, while I'm swinging one, I need to maintain the posture of this one. And it it keeps you in the moment and really perfects that technique.
0: Yeah, it's like chewing gum and walking at the same time.
1: (laughs) Exactly.
0: So this would be like great stuff for um, a mace swinger who's kind of like getting settled into their practice. And they're pretty they're pretty good at everything now. And they're just like kind of sometimes going through the motions even. Maybe they even notice they're not in the moment anymore because it's not as challenging anymore. So this would be a good time for that person to maybe grab a pair of juries, right?
1: Definitely. That's a great step up. I love that analogy too, when you're just like, okay, I've got this mace swinging down and I'm kind of in the groove. And I've most people i think most mace swingers that i've talked to you know they they don't really get bored by the mace too much but yeah. usually they're looking for new techniques or new ways to train with the mace some people go the route of of like flow mace i'm definitely more of a classical guy i'm i have no hate for the flow community at all it's just not my thing i want to yeah. train like i'm a nerd i want to do 10 to twos and 360s till the cows come home. You know, I wanna do perfect that technique. And the more motion I can do inside, outside, uh, you add a second hand in that, especially with different length, weight, width, clubs, jories, mugdars, whatever it is. Uh, and suddenly you're, you're having to train the brain alongside of the body. And that's for me, I think that's like the most intelligent version of training, like just keeping your body guessing a bit. Yeah. You fall into a routine too much and the body adapts, you know, and things become easy and things become boring and the growth slows down. It's like we got to keep ourselves, our minds, our bodies busy and keep ourselves guessing. So I, I love the addition of that. And I I strongly encourage anyone who's interested in mace, like you said, once you've got your technique down, I don't want someone to be a, a collector you know, it's like, oh, I'm starting the mace. Let me buy 40 different things. Like start with the mace, you know, and, and slowly work your way up, get used to the motion, perfect that technique down. And then once you have it, bump that weight up incrementally, you know, and that's the beauty of the addicts for sure. Or you want to buy a, just a, pound, a five pound heavier mace, whatever it is, slowly creeping up that weight ladder. But adding in the the and the the mugdars and the Indian stuff, the roots of this uh, has just been a game changer for me, and I've absolutely fallen in love with it. So,
0: yeah, I bet. Yeah, yeah. I've I've actually used jories before. Other people have had them. Let me try them made out of that beautiful rosewood. Um, these were juries that came from India uh, from Pratia. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do, do you have any of his back there?
1: That's all from him.
0: They're all from him, including the yeah. one with the
1: nails. Or did you put the nails in yourself? The one with the nails. No, we he that was the first pair of nail jewelry he shipped to the United States. Uh, <laughs> How so. do you ship that? Like what do you, you got to wrap it up in like sheets of metal or no. something. That was the thing. I wasn't sure it was going to clear all customs. I was right. like, are they shipping weapons from India or something? You know? I right. was like, happy when it finally arrived. I was like, oh, I wasn't sure it was going to make it.
0: So <laughs> you, Rob, you know for a fact that somewhere in that transport from India over to California, there was people more than once, because they had to go through all these different hubs, where mm. they were picking these things up, going, What
1: the F is this guy buying? What is this? What are they doing? They're, they were definitely securely wrapped. There's lots of layers of foam, but you know, on like an x-ray of those of that package, they're like, What is this? Yeah. <laughs> like, like a oh. giant nail bomb. Like, what are <laughs> <Yeah>. they?
0: <laughs> what is this? Yeah, okay, I mean, so uh let's. Yeah, I was gonna ask you, let's get a close look at that. So that is wow. the nail story. that is crazy. How many nails are in that?
1: I have no idea. I haven't counted them. Oh, uh, you're yeah. gonna to have to count and then you have
0: to get back to us. Oh, I'll get back
1: to you. Yeah. Well yeah. wait. Well wait. Go. Right now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's crazy. So the points are sticking out and 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 the nail is embedded in the into the wood. Yeah. And I don't know how he how he does that without. Well,
1: it's not if you actually look at it. It's not a super sharp. It's not like an exact point of the nail. There's a bit of a, a flatted rounded head huh. to it. But it's enough. Like the edges of those heads are are sharp, and that would stick in. I mean, the shipping that it was shipped in, like all the nails were sticking out of the foam, like through the foam, and through the packaging it was it was a trip to and the mailman's
0: got bloody fingers he's like what are you doing to me <laughs>
1: the ups guy isn't necessarily a, like a big fan of me with all the stuff i have delivered here
0: so especially the past 2 years when like everybody got locked down and they couldn't everything was like kettlebells and all heavy shit and the mailman I, the ups guys must have been like what is going okay. on here they they got their workout they got jacked you know so <laughs> yeah, they're walking around like this now totally all right, yeah, so what else do you have there?
1: This was a, a stone knoll. So this is uh, another one. that This is the first one he shipped to the United States. So they carved this out of stone. And this thing is uh, 63 pounds, I believe. And uh, the primary function is triceps. You know, it's overhead and yeah, extension here. Uh, just lots of little fun training tools to, to get that body firing, you know. And that stone gnaw when you... Get those wrists in there and get that overhead and perfecting the technique not to knock yourself out. Right, (laughs) right. uh, And those triceps, it's it's a good one. That's
0: crazy. So what kind of stone is that made out of? Because it looks like it was almost made out of clay. It's like so smooth and sculpted.
1: Totally. And I, I got video. I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent on what type of stone I asked before. And he just said stone, you know, okay. the, the language barrier or what, but, uh, I don't know what type of stone it is, but you, he sent me video of the guy making it and it's hand chiseled. And then, and then he finishes it off with like a grinder a bit to smooth out the edges, but it's a, it's a trip to see. I've had it on my stories and Instagram before and I've got one more stone knoll on it on its way that's actually shipping now. So oh really? A heavier one, I would assume. Heavier one. Yeah. Okay. This is sixty-three pounds. I think the other one that's coming will be around eighty-eight or ninety pounds. Ooh,
0: man. I don't know what the shipping costs on that, but <laughs> hey, you gotta do what you gotta do.
1: Yeah, yeah. Once so, again, you fall in love with it and you kind of uh yeah with it. And
0: honestly, like, if somebody was making it down the street from you, I'm sure you'd be interested, but don't you kind of want to get one from Pratier? Don't you want
1: to get one from where it originates from? When you you get it from the source and you see the pictures of this, like, little, like, villager, like, guy grinding away, whatever it is, you see him in, like, it's so funny, I've joked around with people before, because they're usually, like, in flip-flops, no safety things, you know, grinding away or something. Uh, and it's just amazing to know it comes from the source like that. I, I love that. I love supporting that as well, I, right. for sure. Selfishly, if I, I wish there was someone locally that was doing this, you know, yeah, <laughs> I just, wish I knew how to do it. You,
0: right? Yeah, you could just kind of supplement your equipment, get, get a little bit from there, and everywhere else. Totally. For uh, anybody listening, watching, we're talking about an individual who lives in India. His name, his first name is Pratier, and is it Singh? Sing Singh. Yeah, it's Prattier Sing, and he's on Instagram. Um, yeah. if you have trouble finding him, you could DM Rob or you could DM me at Steel Mace Nation, and, w- and we'll forward you the information. Uh, you could get juries from him, everything that Rob is showing here today, uh, made out of you know really nice rosewood. Uh, Ooh. they're like works of art. In motion, basically. So
1: pieces of art, yeah.
0: Yeah. And I, you know, there's not really many places to really get that stuff. So, I mean, like we were just saying, you know, get it from Protier because the guy is amazing.
1: He 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 swings them all himself and he helps. Like, if you have a question on technique or anything, I mean, that's he's he's swinging these at his house at Akara's. And that's one of the things, too, is the, the Akara, the old like wrestling training. Paul, you know, those things are kind of a dying breed in India, and he's trying to uh, really educate people on these and get get people to save these Akaras, save these old methods of training, you know, because a lot of the old gyms are like, okay, these sit in the corner, and they've got new like equipment that they're all bodybuilding. Yeah, Exactly. So
0: I mean, I get the appeal and all but um, th- that that tradition, you're right, it's it's, it would be a shame to let it go. Um, I'm sure you know, Rick Brown was asked to come out there to teach Mace because there's very few people that could teach it. He's probably the go-to guy in the world to actually teach it now. And, you know, I mean, that's – that's you know, it's it's funny how – how you know the circle of life goes like that so hopefully what a
1: what an honor too to be the guy who's like mr mace man he's named that for a reason spreading the gospel of the mace and but to be invited to go teach a seminar back where this thing was kind of originated from you know uh, like get to go to india and teach these people how to use a mace what an honor like that's my dream is to be able to go over there especially if i can do it with rick uh, go over to India and travel and see the Akaras and train there and swing there as well.
0: There's a there's a new business model for Rick, uh, Rick Brown tours. Everybody pays, they get they get to go with Rick to India. They get he shows them all around bus trip, <laughs> T-shirts. Rick, if you're listening, I, I want 10% of that.
1: <laughs> there's there's the business
0: idea right there. All right. So now next to those nails, the nail jury, you have something that looks like a mace but again it's uh yeah.
1: so that's the gata uh-huh. yeah and then i have the santola the santola so... two-handled
0: thing oh okay let's look at that then what's what's the santola yeah,
1: yeah. so let me grab that real quick so okay. this is the gata no so just basically I mean, beautiful yeah. piece of wood. That looks like what
0: you see in all the pictures of the like Hanu Rabi and all that stuff with the
1: right. Yeah, that's the more traditional. This is the Santola, which for anyone who knows, it's basically uh, used in a very similar fashion as a Bulgarian bag. No kidding. It's got two handle, and it's coming around, so you get the the nice shoulder exposure. Wow. And I mean, it's it's full body when you start swinging that. And that's a light light version of one. This one's only like 20-something pounds. Uh, But if you've ever swung a Bulgarian bag, you know that that adds up quickly. And I really like using both, actually. I like the bag because it's curved and a little more flexible. But the rigid nature of the Santola forces those shoulders to move in a way that the bag you kind of can kind of flow through a bit
0: yeah you can wiggle through and and kind of drop in and be more compact whereas that's kind of opening your back up
1: yeah exactly and that's once again you know the wrestlers they're okay we're throwing people we're picking people up slamming people shoulders are paying the price how do we fix that and sam Tola was one of their creations
0: that is amazing i mean they were on the ball with everything you know it's funny that there's nothing new under the sun, either, because that, well, that looks like um, that new invention. Was, again, yeah, new invention. Uh, it's like a water-filled uh, log that looks just like right. that. It's water-filled. I forget what it's called.
1: But so you like have water-filled versions of the Bulgarian bag, water-filled yes. logs. Yeah, yeah,
0: right. exactly. I mean, that's, that's amazing. So, I mean, that's thousands of years old, that concept right there, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So then you have, speaking of water filled, I see you have, you mentioned the hydro mace, which, um,
1: yeah, uh, yeah that, that big boy over there, that's a nice, that's pretty close to about like five feet. That's the, the tallest mace I have. And yeah. I've had that thing filled up with water. And I, I honestly don't remember what the weight of it was, but it was ridiculous. I mean, I think the, the best part to a hydro mace, anything you can fill up with liquid like that, is the slosh effect. So if you fill it up all the way, you just have a heavy mace, but if you fill it up halfway and that stability comes in when you're like rocking a 10 to 2 or even a 360 and you're like, oh, that water is trying to move it on you and you have to kind of stabilize and it adds a whole new level to it. I really, I love the Hydra mace. I'm really bummed that uh, you know, Eric Doyle was stoked to, to get that going, but it, uh, didn't pan out the way he was wanting it to. I think he, he wanted to put his attention elsewhere anyways. And so the people that got him are stoked because they're not being made anymore.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know. I was, um, I had him on the podcast like a year and a half ago or something and he was, he was trying to get those things going and, and yeah, it's tough, you know, it's, it's tough to, um, to even start anything as it is, let alone something specific like that.
1: Yeah. It's pretty damn specific. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Now I do have a, um, a mace that is uh fillable with, with shot steel shot. So I put about, I put about five pounds in it. And one of the things I think that these, uh, fillable maces is good for is to teach you to train up to heavier weight, because when you are dropping the mace behind you and you get that slosh effect and it, drops and it hits the bottom or it would be the top of the mace if it was standing up, but it's hitting the bottom. It kind of pulls, pulls your stuff down a little bit more. And, you know, it's always your mind first. Your mind thinks I can't do it. I can't do it. But that extra slosh effect teaches you like, no, you can go a little bit further, a little bit further. And it it gives you a little bit of a break, but it just pulls you along. That's at least – my interpretation of what it's doing for me when i train with it i don't know how other people feel
1: I- i've got one of those from uh, mike uh, ramjet there what is it rock solid functional training he made one for me that's a, i think it's like a 12 inch globe as well that is loaded with steel shot not made for liquid but the steel shot and that has that same effect and that's a it's a different i mean like you said when it goes behind your head that momentum changes, you know, it's not just the ball dropping, it's the ball with the energy changing in the ball. And that really, when it hits the bottom, pulls those arms for sure. And 100% what you were talking about, the mental side of it, especially when you start creeping up. Like I remember the first time I swung 40 pounds, I was just like, oh man, 40 pounds, this is crazy. Like I'm gonna pull my shoulders out of socket, you know? And I'd been swinging, 35 pounds I was like okay I got 35 pounds but 40 that's that's ridiculous and the first time you do it that your mind is you know at least for me my mind was just kind of beating me up it was like okay you're not going to do this you're going to fail your shoulders are going to be pulled out let's take this slow and I'm trying to breathe and really trying to take that first step it's kind of like you know skydiving or bungee jumping that first step you, you really kind of have to just uh you know suck your heart back down into your chest and go okay I'm gonna do this and it's funny to compare you know something that extreme to to mace swinging but when you're swinging heavy the first time I swung 40 I was just like I dropped it behind my back and it was really at the time 40 pounds like I swung it way easier than I thought I was going to and it's like okay like I can do this and then when I worked up to 50 pounds it was like Okay, here we are again. Fifty pounds. This is. I'm gonna pull my shoulders out this time. Like I, I think I've done all my training. I've, I perfected the technique. Oh shit! And drop it over. And here we go. And that the first time with fifty, I know mentally, my technique was terrible. I think I posted a video on my Instagram not too long ago of comparing when I first swung fifty versus swinging fifty now. Like swinging fifty pounds now is just that's a good weight for me when I want to push myself a bit, not swing extra heavy, but like, it's pretty easy and smooth for me now. Whereas back then it was like dropping it over. I think I posted like my second or third attempts because my first was just ugly, you know, (laughs) but it's taking that step and trusting your technique that you've, you've got, you've put the work in, you've got the technique down, you know, your body can handle it, you know, and that's, that's what it comes down to. And the same thing as I, bumped up like uh, over the, through the pandemic, White Lion Athletics had uh, put out these bigger, bigger maces. And, uh, and it was fun to be a part of those challenges. And I mean, there's people that can swing. Like I, I'm a heavy swinger and there's probably, you know, you could probably count on uh, a couple of hands how many people swing that heavy regularly, but I'm far from the guy who swings the heaviest. Like there, I look at someone like uh, JJ Burns and he's taken the heaviest mace that White Lion Athletics has, and he's collaring on a couple more plates. You know, he's swinging, like, ridiculous amounts of weight. It's, it's so incredible. And I Is mean, he swinging about 100 pounds? Uh, last I saw, it was something like 90 pounds or something yeah, like right. that. Uh, but uh, then, yeah. I mean, then you go look at the Akaras. I think it was a uh, flowing Dutchman there. He was going to the Akaras with Pratje, and he was swinging. I think he was swinging like a forty-five kilogram uh, gada that was uh, ridiculous. And they had bigger ones than that. So there's right there, There's guys moving weight that makes the weight I move look like nothing. You know. <laughs> but now their
0: their technique is more that drag it up the back kind of technique, right?
1: Definitely. Yes. 100%. Does
0: that give them the ability to move more weight as opposed to like our? western style swing
1: uh you know I, I'm not a hundred percent uh sure on this but from what I've seen for sure it looks like that that contact with the back the contact with the shoulders is allowing them to really draw that weight over and I think ultimately saving the joints because if you try and drop that kind of weight uh for sure it's going to put a lot of pressure on that yeah I mean I myself I enjoy swinging heavy but I don't swing 60, 70 pounds every day, Yeah. usually I I only, when I'm swinging heavy, I usually only do it once, once a week, you know, before I'm, I'm looking to, to swing heavy again. You know, I don't try and do that all the time. So if you you picture someone moving a hundred pounds or more behind their back, like, I can't imagine doing the traditional, you know, what we would call here in the States, just like a 10 to 2 or the 300, whatever you want to call it, whatever side of the fence you're on on that, uh, dropping that behind your back. And I can't imagine doing that right away, what that's going to do to your shoulders. But then again, people look at what I do and say, oh, man, I can't imagine what that does to your shoulders. Exactly. Right. So- so they, they, they've been doing it a long time and they've got their technique down. So yeah. they know I, what's
0: going on. I think that like the weight you're doing, uh, like I'm starting to comfortably swing about 40 pounds, but I don't, I don't do it often. Um, sometimes I'm, I wonder if I ever will do it again. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I don't know. I'm not today. Maybe never again, but I'm doing 30. I'm doing 35, you know, um, feeling good. Um, but I know, uh, from seeing guys like you, uh, training and swinging, um, that it's attainable. I can reach 50 pounds and, um, I'm hell bent to do it because I want to buy that, uh, that add-on kit from addicts. And just have the complete package. So you know, part of your technique is obviously to, to swing heavy less frequently and to do what what would you consider your uh would you consider like sixty to seventy percent max weight as your regular swing weight, kind of like how we do in
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, when I'm when I'm thinking uh, regular training. I'm in the 40 to 55 pound range. That's, that's where I like to hang out. Okay. Uh, if I'm like, there's some techniques I'll, I'll use a 20 pound mace. Uh, if I'm doing mills or something with a mace, usually I like to do those with clubs, but if I'm doing it with a mace or something, then I, I might drop down to a 15 pounder, you know, I, Okay. those mills, you know, I always like those for lubrication of the, of the elbows and shoulders. Those are great techniques. Yeah. I'm not going to bust that out. <laughs> like, I'm not going to bust the mill with anything over 20, 25 pounds. You know, I, I want to just use those for the lighter weights, but uh, if I'm swinging a 10 to two or a 360, uh, 40 to 55 pounds is where I like to, to live most of the time. Okay. And then what about one arm swings?
0: Because i notice when I'm swinging, let's say I'm swinging uh, 30 pounds um, with two hands, with two hands. If I want to do a 15-pound mace, one hand, which would be half of the two-hand weight, it feels kind of easy. Like, I feel like I could go heavier with the one arm. And then let's say I'm doing a 20-pound one-arm swing. Right. I don't feel that comfortable doing a two-hand 40-pound swing. Do
1: you know what I'm saying? Definitely. Yeah, the one the one hand can definitely do more than like half of what your two hands can. Yeah, what, why? What is okay. going on there? I'm not sure of the – I think we'd have to ask, what is that weightlifting doc there, Tony? He's the one with all the the, the medical insight. You know, guys, yes. if, you, if you guys aren't following him – follow him he gives out a ridiculous amount of free information that's just genius that guy is such a gift to our community yeah, yes he's a gift exactly nobody else is
0: doing what he's doing he's doing mathematical, mathematical so cool. formulas and he's telling so
1: cool. you what what you know torque and and inertia yeah, and he it's- breaks down torque between like the different types of clubs it's like whoa that's amazing i love i love people that geek out on that stuff yeah it makes me so happy yeah. Yeah.
0: That's a good idea. I think I'm going to hit him up and we're going to see if we can f- discover why you could go heavier with a one arm swing. This is- and I
1: feel uh, I feel pretty comfortable with one arm swings, but I don't do extra heavy on the one arm swings. I know uh, what's his leg uh, Franken legs there. He's got a student at one of his. And when some of us were like oh, look at us. We're doing 72 pound swings. That kid, I, oh man, I can't remember his name. I'm, I feel terrible, but I, I'm like, oh, I'm so proud. I busted out like 10, 20 reps with this 72 pounder. And this kid was like one handing it. I was yeah. like, what? I wouldn't even think of doing that at this level. This kid was just picking up a 72 pound mace one right, hand. so
0: so I mean, like you would think like, okay, if he could do that with one hand, he should be able to do 140 pounds, <laughs> right. it doesn't work that way. yeah, it doesn't work that way. It's crazy. Okay, so what how long have you been swinging for now?
1: So this is my sixth year. Okay. I started back in uh, late uh, 2016 was when I was introduced to the mace. And you started right. off with 10 pounds like everybody else. Yeah, I, I was given a 10 pounder and uh, Ernest quickly bumped me up to 15 pounds is what I was training with on a regular basis. So All right. I mean, I'm a big dude. I'm 6'3", 260. I'm a big dude and I move a lot of bodies throughout the day with jujitsu mats and uh, had good mobility anyways. And so he, I think most people, they don't want to start above 10 right away for sure. We want to make sure you know what your body's capable of. And there's some people it's like, they you put a 10 pounder in their hands and they're like, uh, we should probably put a seven pounder, maybe. I mean, it gets tough when you start working like seven or five pounds on a mace. You can still work the technique, but it's anytime the, the hands can cheat, you know, and start to move the mace rather than the yes. weight doing right. the work. Yeah, you manhandle it.
0: Um, You're manhandling the weight, yeah.
1: Yeah, so it's you got to find that perfect weight for each body to kind of what you need.
0: You need that feedback, that biofeedback, if you will. Like I was the guy I was showing yesterday. um, He was manhandling ten pounds, like you wouldn't believe. He's a big dude, and I'm like, all right, uh, this isn't going nowhere. I I had him. We were using the Addicts. I had him put on another five. And uh, I think with the handle on the cap, it's actually a little bit more than 15 pounds, maybe like 16. And all I had him do was just hold it back behind his head and let the weight pull down. And then I had him kind of swing it back. I wanted him to feel that drop in the back. And once he felt that, then he started, his swing started to really become a real swing rather than him just forcing it around Uh, because there wasn't any biofeedback with the 10 pounds.
1: Totally. And I think too often if people are thinking, okay, I'm going to swing a 360, you know, they just start swinging it and the hands are moving it too much. And what you're talking about, that's what we call the pendulums. It's like, you just drop the weight behind your head and let that pendulum, let the weight go back and forth behind you. And 100%, that's how I start all my students with mace is okay. let's feel the pendulum. Let's get that moving. And then, then you let that Weight rise a little bit higher and higher until it's a you know it hits kind of shoulder height and once you're comfortable with that then you start the draw to the ten to two or the three sixty you know so that pendulum is everything.
0: So I notice uh, some people catch on to that pendulum technique very quickly, but other people they're rotating their waist too much and they're it's hitting their it's hitting their butt. They're not it, they're not even able to get it up parallel, and they should be able to. Uh, what do you tell people when they're when you see a lot of that rotation? How do you have them settle that down?
1: I for sure make sure people's feet are are buried, you know, so we bury the feet. The feet don't move and the hips follow suit. Once you understand that the hips don't rock, the stomach doesn't turn, my shoulders try not to turn, just in the beginning, as we start to swing later, we can start to add, you know, movement in the feet, movement in the core, depending on what you want to focus on uh but to get that pendulum to understand more often than not especially no offense guys but especially males they tend to want to swing that pendulum behind their head with their hands they are like okay you want it up higher i will move it higher rather than letting the body kind of okay now i'm letting the weight move and the body barely moves and once you get that down uh, that's the the good base to start your swings with but for sure i mean different people learn differently and that mind body connection it's i mean especially being a jiu-jitsu instructor you realize some people their mind doesn't communicate that well with their body there's a big disconnect yeah. and uh, when people find that connection i mean whether it's jujitsu, jitsu may swing joris whatever it is It's such a beautiful thing because it's like, okay, now I'm actually, I'm in the room with myself. I'm a, I'm a part of this conversation whereas some people really are so disconnected. It's like, oh, have you never met your body before? You know, (laughs) let me introduce you to, because you guys should be working together. So it's always an interesting ride.
0: Yeah. yeah, You always get something different. So now after six years, well, I guess it's going to be five years when you started hitting the 50 pound mark right because you, you that video
1: you yeah, mentioned I, I can't even remember when that 50 pound video was, was like made. four oh, years five like years four years or so
0: all right so prior to that you were working your way in the 30 range uh, 40 yeah, range
1: I, I, I had bought the uh the add add-on kit the rhino kit so i was able to uh start to toy with above 30, you know, because I bought the original kit, which brings you up to 30. And that felt good. And uh, I bought the add on kit and played with 35. For a long time, you know, that was where I was okay, I, I wanted to put that sleeve on that fat rhino sleeve because it's yeah. just cool, you know, right. and uh, I wanted to be able to swing that. And when you start rocking like 40 pounds, that's, that's where it's at, you know, that's, Uh, For me, that was when I really started to make the shift from just swinging to uh, realizing that swinging heavy was a fun challenge that my body really responded to. It's like mind had to be in place. The body had to know it it could trust itself. And uh, that shift from 30 to 40 is where I went from, I like swinging a mace to, oh, shit, what can I do with this? Where, how much heavier can I take this? You know i'm 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 not trying to set any world records by any means because that's not gonna happen, but uh, I love that that push for myself when I'm gonna bump up a few pounds, that mental challenge, and then to know once you actually hit those swings, even after a few ugly swings, it's like, there we go. I'll okay, so bucks. that extra few pounds becomes
0: the challenge. We're talking two, three, four, five pounds tops, right. Yeah. Yeah. This is a big challenge now. So you're in the pocket. What are you, what are you using to incremental uh, incrementally adjust that weight? So it's safe. Um, Yeah. What are you using first?
1: Now without being a a constant ad for addicts, that's uh, that's, that's the bonus of that mace. That's where it's so genius. I mean, he's got two and a half pounders as well as a one and a quarter. So you can really slowly start to build up and, I have to admit that I'm definitely guilty of jumping up five, 10 pounds a couple of times when I should have like trusted the process a bit more. And, you know, uh, so any of my students listening, you know, do as I say, not as I do. But uh, like for sure that that small weight increase and some people have like a specific number. If, if you can swing this weight easy a hundred times then you can bump up, you know, 2.5 pounds. I don't think there's a formula. Uh, it's going to be different for every person, but when you can increase your, like the weight of the mace by like two and a half pounds, I don't like when you start going extra heavy, maybe you'll go to the one and a quarter, or if you're a smaller person, that one and a quarter may come into play a lot more, but just being able to bump up a little bit. And for sure, if you can swing a mace like 50, 100 times, and the technique is good. not I, Anyone can swing a mace 50 times ugly, you know, but you got to swing it 50, 100 times good, good technique, good posture, good position, and know that you can, you feel good the next day with it. You're not shredding anything. You're not just like, oh, I can't move today. My arms like, okay, once I know I can move that weight, now I'm going to bump it up. I'm not going to try and swing it a hundred times again or 50 times again. I want to make sure I've still got the technique. I think too many people are focused on time uh, under the weight or reps. You know, it's like, that's great in all time under the weight is great. Reps are great. That's once you have the technique down, but you've got to be able to have the technique. And this is where, I mean, I started filming myself not to, posted online but just to be able to get the feedback for myself Mm -hmm. there's lots of workouts that I don't film but I turn my phone on if I'm outside because I've got mirrors in my garage but I turn my phone on outside and don't film just to get some feedback on my technique I try not to focus on the phone too much because if you're focusing on you know that then you're kind of losing your technique a bit but it's good to have that feedback so I encourage anyone to film themselves front, back, sideways. You know, like Rick is uh, such a preacher when it comes to the corridor, when we talk about swinging in the corridor, making sure that mace isn't swinging out way in front of you or way behind you. It's swinging in a narrow corridor. And once you have that technique down, bump up that weight. You feel good there, you can bump up that weight. You know, and I I think no one has to want to be a power lifter. No one has to like, okay, people listening to this, I doubt many of them are going, man, I want to swing 75 pounds. I want to swing 80 pounds. Right. Most people are just like, I want to do better. Yeah. i want to be a better version of me. Just so a little heavier, little bit heavier. Yeah. That's those little weights. That's a little bit better. You know, if tomorrow I'm a little bit better than I was yesterday, even if that's 0.25% or less, that's still better. Yeah. Not sitting on the couch not wasting away, like I'm pushing myself and I'm trying to find where, like, I'm not focused on, can I do 125 reps? Some people are, no, no slam on those people. If they're just like, okay, I want to do 200 reps of this. You know, there's sport competition versions of this. I'm kind of interested. I'd like to try my hand, get up on the podium at some point and try some mace competition, but I haven't gone that route yet. I just focus on making my body stronger that I can keep living the life I want to live. You know, I've got two teenagers and a baby. So my baby just turned a year old. So uh, congrats. Thank thank you. And my daughter actually is just turning 13. My other daughter is turning 13 today. So two teenagers and a toddler. Wow. Uh, I want to make sure I'm sticking around for a long time and I can wrestle with them until I'm 95 years old. So There's no way you don't dye your hair. I mean, I mean, It looks like there's no gray in there. I don't dye my hair, but this light might be. There we go. You can. There's plenty of gray in this
0: hair. Oh, you must have really good kids then, because they, it, you 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 look like you're you're doing fine.
1: Oh well, thank you.
0: <laughs> so let's backtrack on one thing. I want to ask you, and let's see if we could figure this out. You said you've been guilty of jumping up like ten pounds too much too quickly I have too and I know what that's like um and you gotta you just gotta lower the weight again but is there a way you could tell if you jumped up too high I mean other than hurting yourself
1: I was gonna say the the (laughs) easiest one is pain and injury right we're trying Uh, to avoid that that's
0: why I'm asking like is there
1: something else I honestly think, uh, even though I'm guilty of, of not doing this myself, I honestly think it's just a numbers game. It's trusting the process. I encourage you to, to just incrementally bump up, you know, don't, don't try and go, well, I think I can go 10 pounds heavier. Like too much. Yeah. Especially if you've only been swinging for six months, really anyone, I don't care. Like if you've only ever swung 40 pounds it's probably not the time to try and swing 50 pounds right and i know when i got the uh i got the rhino kit the first time i was like oh man i gotta load this up and put this on and uh, get my picture with my new rhino kit you know i'm all stoked to show this thing off and then i was immediately like i wonder if i can swing this thing <laughs> and i probably should have taken a few off and but i had to try and swing it and it was ugly but i did it but i luckily i didn't get injured and that's that's what we start to play with fire when we start making those big jumps you know yeah it's
0: like it's like in the weightlifting world you know before you add weight see so if you can add reps that are mm-hmm. that are clean nice perfect reps and then if that looks good oh okay well maybe you can go up in weight and and lower the reps right. same concept if you're if you're starting to get to the point where it's looking a little sloppy, your tricep feels kind of weird, it's a little right. stiff or something, then you know what? Maybe not. Nah. Maybe lower the weight and go go from like an extra uh, one minute or two minute round or whatever, get more reps in, right? Yeah, definitely. And I
1: know with the, the mace too, especially, I think it's too easy for people to think, am I strong enough? Are my muscles strong enough? And that's a part of it. But – If you start swinging heavy too soon, your elbows are going to pay for it. Your shoulders are going to pay for it. And that's, we, we want joint health out of this, not just muscle strength. You know, it's like that joint stability, the tendons, everything has to be growing accordingly. And I know in the past, even though I haven't injured myself, when I've swung too heavy, maybe too, usually too often, uh, that I start to feel it in my elbows more than anything else. And it's like, you just start to feel that little bit of, okay, something's not right in my elbows. I need to chill out on this. I, I bought a, a couple of like elbow sleeves back in the day. And I was like, you know what, rather than using sleeves to fix this problem, cause it's not going to fix it. I need to actually fix this and slow the hell down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Your body talks to you, right? Yes, yeah, so you have to listen to it. That's the right. thing. It's always telling you what it needs, but most people don't listen. Yeah, there's no trophies
0: at the end of your round of swings, right?
1: Not at all. No
0: champagne uh, corks <laughs> no, being popped. You know? No big contracts being signed. You wish.
1: Dex, right. all... yeah.
0: yeah. In, I, our, I, in our, our heads, that stuff is happening.
1: Yeah. I, I need a big Mace sponsorship. That's <laughs> Right, right. Yeah.
0: All right, Rob. Cool, man. This seat, look, look, we talked about technique for like a good 30 minutes. And I think we only scratched the surface. This is what I'm saying. There's so much. And every coach has a different way of, of instructing, um, you know, giving different cues and, and, you know, sometimes uh, when you're uh, learning, you, you just learn better from different people. They say the same thing, except you just like that person better. You, you like that person's I don't know they're, like just they're just
1: the way they word something may click with some, yeah. someone. you know, they're saying the same thing. It's like, Oh, I worded it a little differently. That makes sense to me. You know? Right. I mean? yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the other guy's like, I've been saying that the
0: whole time. So, yeah. What do
1: you think I've been saying? I don't like you. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's great, man. Yeah. Um, good information. And you know, like I always tell my guests, you know, you're welcome to come back on and definitely talk more shop because that's what this is all about. Love and, to. um, before you head out on us, please give everybody your contact info one more time so people can hook up with you and train with you and learn how to use those juries with the nails, because I know that's what they're going to ask right off the bat. Hey, <laughs> Rob, can I do that right away? I've never swung anything before, but I want to swing the nails. Let's go.
1: <laughs> right. Well, I mean, the easiest way is finding me on Instagram for sure at Onikuma underscore Mace. So it's O-N-I-K-U-M-A underscore M-A-C-E. That's the easiest way to find me. You can also find me online through my jujitsu website, but that's uh, that's com. So T-E-A-M-M-O-R-E-I-R-A-B-J-J.com. And there's a whole MACE page on that website as well. So now that's- the
0: that's something i would sign up for i mean if i was looking to do jujitsu i would also if i knew the guy was going to also show me mace i would be like oh that's what i want to do because i really don't know anybody around me there's plenty of jujitsu there's a few mace people but they're not together
1: right and that's i'm always excited there's a few people i've seen now that are like they're swinging maces and they're also like jujitsu guys. And there's a couple of them out there. I know yeah. like Max and uh, I can't remember all the people, but it's like, okay, this guy's not only swinging a mace. He's also a jujitsu black belt. And I'm like, Oh, I see you. Yeah, yeah, You're one of my people. And it's like my goal. When I got certified from Rick, I was like, my goal, Rick is to spread the gospel of the mace to the jujitsu world. Like right. they, they can only benefit from this. This is our tool, like, this was made for us. Like, we need to be using this to save our joints and make them last longer. And that yeah. really is the, the path for us.
0: You guys are the cutting edge of the jujitsu world, you know I mean? Because you're bringing this other modality into it. That, I, that to me, makes it more cutting edge. I mean, it's a different – you're blending this in with it seamlessly and, and
1: – I, I like to think of, uh, of us more as old school. Bringing back the old school, that cutting edge. (laughs) Yes, exactly.
0: Yeah, bringing it, yes. That's a very good way to describe it. Yes. All right, Rob, thank you very much. much. It was good talking to you. And everybody, check Rob out. And uh, also, don't forget to check out my website, SteelMaceNation.com. You can check out free workouts there. And look up the 10,000 Swing Steel Mace Challenge. It's a free workout You swing 500 swings per workout, and then you do this other stuff with it, with the kettlebells and stuff like that. But it's a great full-body workout you can do three or four times a week. So once again, thank you, everybody. Thank you, Rob. We'll see you at the next one. Take care.